0: Is the Locked on Boston Bruins Podcast for Tuesday, July 28th. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Chances are you came through Apple or Google or Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Google Nest, or Alexa. If so, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so that each new episode is automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could rate and review the podcast as well, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter.com, you can find the show at LO underscore Boston Ruins, and you can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. Today on the podcast, we're going to continue... A preview of the round robin with hosts from Locked On Lightning, Locked On Flyers, and Locked On Capitals. Part one of that conversation dropped on Monday, and uh, we got a bit more today, and it will conclude tomorrow on the podcast before we tee up the Bruins' first in the bubble exhibition game, which is set to take place on Thursday against the Columbus. Blue Jackets. Now, as I'm sure you're all aware of by now, most of the Boston Bruins arrived safely in the bubble that is in Toronto, where the Eastern Conference teams have gathered. Uh, there was one notable absence, and that was uh, Andre Kasha, who was not cleared to fly with the team on the charter. And he is set to join the Bruins uh, hopefully later this week, but uh, we're not really sure of the timeline. At this point, Um, the Bruins did submit their final list of 31 players on Sunday evening prior to taking off from Massachusetts and depth wingers Anton Bleed and Paul Carey were both cut. Cassidy said that while the four group was aware it would be cut down, it was still a hard decision, especially when it came to Anton Bleed, who spent a large chunk of the regular season with the big club and could be a replacement on the fourth line next season if Joaquim Nordstrom uh, doesn't return. Cassidy said, we pretty much determined we were going to take the four goalies. That probably took away from our opportunity for a forward. They were both in different situations. Paul's a veteran guy. He knows his role in Providence. A depth player for us when a certain type of player is out of the lineup. Uh, we used him there this year, he said. Uh, Anton was a little tougher. We made a decision to go with Trent Frederick and Zach Sinishin, Uh, And it kind of came down to... Do they best fit down the road? That was a tough one. Anton did everything that was asked of him. The message to both those guys was don't be disheartened. Uh, when they came, they wanted to join the team. It doesn't change how the Bruins feel about them going forward as players in the organization. There were just so many people that could come, and I think Sinitian, especially, he was a guy that I had tabbed to be one of the cuts. Uh, he and Carrie, I think, were the logical cuts. But because Kasha has been away and Pasternak was away as well, uh, they needed that depth on the right side just in case. The good news is that David Pasternak did make the flight with the Bruins and he was in attendance at practice on Monday, taking part in drills back on the top line with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. Pasternak did not address the the media on Monday via zoom, but Patrice Bergeron uh, did. And he said, the chemistry has always been, we pick up where we left off for Pasternak. It's going to be about getting used to being back on the ice skating, getting his rhythm back and timing. But as a line, uh, he said he and Marchand are going to help him as much as they can. But Bergeron added, I don't know if he really needs that much help. He's one of those guys that gets back and he's so talented. Always seems effortless, expecting him to get back. And obviously, he might be a little rusty. But we have a little bit of time now before we start. And I think the fact that the Bruins have one of these top four seeds kind of reduces that urgency. They'll have these round-robin games um, to kind of warm up for the playoffs. Seeding is on the line, but it doesn't matter as much this year because of the lack of home ice advantage. Pasternak from... All accounts, uh, you know, had his trademark smile on his face, rocking that quarantine flow. And uh, just really great to see him back in the ice. uh, And hopefully he's in the lineup for when uh, the Bruins take on the Blue Jackets here on um, Thursday. Now, one player who was not in attendance in practice, and it was a, a pretty big surprise, was Zdeno Chara. He met with the media on Monday morning but did not take part in practice because he's still awaiting test results. It's the first practice that he's missed since the Bruins entered phase three. And basically the team said, uh, they did not receive his test results from Sunday and as such are keeping him out at the direction of medical advisors until they receive the results. So, uh, not really much concern there. Just, they wanted to make sure all the, uh, T's were crossed and the I's were dotted before he jumped back on the ice and got down and dirty with his teammates. Nick Ritchie also traveled with the team, but he missed practice Monday, his fourth consecutive practice. Uh, So I'm not sure exactly what is going on there, but the lines did look as such on Monday. We had Marshawn Bergeron-Pasternak, as I mentioned, Jake DeBrusque with David Krejci and Jack Stadnika, taking that spot from Andre Kasha for the time being and and certainly seeming to get more comfortable in that role. Sean Corrali, Charlie Coyle, and Anders Bjork with Carson Kuhlman rotating in and out on the right side. That was our fourth line. And then Nordstrom, Paul Lindholm, and Chris Wagner on the fourth line. The defensive pairings without Chara looked like Matt Grizzlik, Charlie McAvoy, Tori Krug, Brendan Carlo, John Moore, Jeremy Lozon, and Jerov Akenainen with Connor Clifton. One other note in relation to COVID-19 is that the NHL announced Monday that the league concluded phase three of its return to play with zero positive results. (laughs) out of 4,256 tests conducted among 800 players last week. So that's great news for hockey, especially as baseball is dealing with an outbreak uh, among the Miami Merlins, forcing two games here on Monday to be canceled. Chara, prior to having to miss practice because of his um, lack of test results, said everyone is doing their best to make everything safe and possible for us to continue to play. That's why we had these different phases of protocols and safety rules. I think so far it's been good. Hopefully that continues and it's going to stay that way. Uh, I know some people have mentioned, you know, perhaps hockey players should have quarantined upon arriving in Toronto. Uh, The Canadian government issued the normal 14-day waiting period for people coming up from the States. Uh, But, you know, the fact that they've gone straight into these bubbles with zero tests hopefully means that, um things will remain, yeah, negative for the time being in terms of COVID-19 results. Anyways, that's a wrap for Monday's news and notes from practice. As I mentioned, we'll jump now to part two of my conversation roundtable with the hosts of Locked on Lightning, Locked on Flyers, and locked on capitals a great chat we had and uh, i'm excited to share this with you and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with some more bruins news as well as part three of this chat but for now enjoy this bit
1: now just go around real quickly uh what are maybe the players to watch out for that maybe we wouldn't really be on the lookout for uh normally um ian what about you with your bruins for my lightning I think the one guy, if you're going to be turning on any lightning games, definitely check out Anthony Sorelli. I mean, he's been huge for this team all year, but he is going to—they're going to need his help more than ever, especially with you know Stephen Stamkos being a question mark.
0: Yeah, for the Bruins, I think uh, one player that they're really counting on stepping up is uh, Jake DeBrusk. He uh, is coming off uh, a kind of a disappointing regular season. The hope was that he could maybe push to become a 30 goal scorer. I think he only ended up with like 16 after recording 27 in 2018, 2019. So a bit of a step back for him, which might not be a bad thing since he's an RFA, but um, for this team to be successful, they really need that secondary scoring to be a factor. And, uh, Jake DeBrusque has proven in the past to be uh, kind of a big game performer. He, he's come up pretty big in game sevens against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs the last couple of years and um, really has the potential to be kind of a game breaker for this team. So I think he's a player that they're really counting on stepping up. Um, another guy is Charlie Coyle, who – A lot of Bruins, when he was acquired, they were kind of skeptical of giving up a young prospect in uh, Ryan Donato, but Charlie Coyle has quickly become kind of, I wouldn't say the heart and soul of this team, but he's definitely um, become a core player pretty quickly and a really effective uh, third-line center for this team. So I think he um, will be a, a pivotal player the fact that they can put him out as a third line center uh, they can really exploit that against teams that don't have the depth that they do and I think uh, he'll be he'll be a pretty big factor for this team if, if they're going to be successful.
1: hmm. Mm-hmm. Now with the Caps Amy uh, obviously we on a yearly basis we have a uh, backstrom Ovi Hopi is the big three guys, Oh uh, yeah, Oshi. of course.
2: Any, I'm not going to talk about any of those three. I'm going <laughs> to tell you to look in two different places. I'm going to tell you to look at that third line center spot that I mentioned earlier and see who fills that because they may bump somebody up from the bottom line. They may pull one of their black aces. Mm. At this point, from what I've seen in terms of lines of training camp, it's hard to tell. Mm. Um, the other thing that's hard to tell in terms of what we've seen at training camp is defensive pairings. So look for um, musical chairs on the Capitals' defense. This past regular season, we started off with a top pair of John Carlson and Jonas Siegenthaler because Michael Kempney was injured. And that worked really, really well for a while. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that again from time to time throughout the playoffs. So as far as one person to keep your eye on, I would say defenseman, young defenseman Jonas Siegenthaler He's um he's more of a stay at home kind of guy. He's not very offensive at all, but he's a big guy, and he can skate and he can get in the corners with everybody. So keep your eye out for him.
1: Mm, definitely will. Um, the the Capitals are always a team when I watch the playoffs. Uh, if the Lightning aren't on, that I always watch just to see, you know, because they're always in it and they're always a threat to win it. Uh, so with the Flyers. Um, Who are maybe other than some of the big name guys that are some players that you might see, um, you know, making the headlines on a game-to-game basis?
3: So if you listen to Locked on Fires, you know Rachel and I love NAK. Nick Nick Albeekubel is (laughs) – he is a prospect that came up, I want to say, like – halfway through the season I mean he had to wait a long time to get his call up because the Flyers were calling up everybody but once they called him up he stayed and this kid he is so tenacious he four checks like a beast all the time in practice every shift every game he has become one of the funnest players to watch on the Flyers and I'm I mean so many people have talked about him and how even his team teammates have said that he just is so he gives a hundred percent all the time and he's the most improved flyer so um he's definitely someone to watch he's going to be i mean they he starts off on the fourth line but he they bump him up to the third line and he doesn't look out of place this kid is he's all over the place Mm -hmm. in a good way
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and rachel you have anything to add to that
4: i would say you know carter hart is a big story to he obviously this is his first playoff opportunity right and super young for a goaltender to be jumping into the playoffs as well as you know there's been a little bit of question here with a potential injury but it seems like it's not that serious that being said I think the Flyers goaltending pair is pretty solid And, you know, Carter Hart is one of those guys that just has an unbelievable amount of confidence and focus. And he is the epitome of the goofy goaltender personality wise. But then you have, you know, strong veteran dad guy, Brian Elliott, you know, waiting and ability to just jump in and provide a real solid start no matter what. And I know that, you know, he gave the caps a lot of trouble this season for sure in net. So, you know, I think that, you know, for once I'm like knocking on wood a thousand times here, but I feel like the Flyers have a real solid goaltending core going into this playoffs and that is unusual for the team, but also dangerous for other teams.
1: Now let's talk about some of the predictions that, you know, maybe some of us have, maybe you could throw some crazy ones out there. Uh, like I've been saying, and uh, Sarah Evan from Lock on King said to me that she definitely wants a Zach Bogosian Stanley Cup Finals OT game winner to clinch the series. Um, now, what are some maybe predictions before we get into ideal matchups and all that that we all have? Uh, Danielle? Uh,
3: that's a hard one because, honestly, I'm, I'm just like – My mindset is just focused on the Flyers. So I don't know. My prediction is that I I go back and forth because I don't know if I want the Flyers to win the Cup uh, or if I don't because of COVID. It'll be the COVID Cup in my Mm -hmm. mind and they won't get a parade and everything I've been waiting for will have to be postponed. So I don't know. Um, Yeah, I guess I'm kind of like up in the air. I don't know if I want the Flyers to win or not, Mm -hmm. but... I'm just excited to see how they do, to be honest.
1: I'm gonna just maybe I'll I'll just go and say that the Penguins Hab series is gonna go five games. That's my my uh my uh edgy prediction for all this. I believe that the Habs are gonna play the Penguins tough, even though, you know, the, the Penguins have a ton of playoff experience. I believe that they're gonna give the Penguins a hard time. Um what do you think, Rachel? What are some of your predictions? Maybe either for the Flyers or for maybe from some other of the series that we have in the Eastern conference.
4: Um, it, it's more of a hope than a prediction, but I, I would like the Islanders to just go away quietly. Thank you. As if they never existed. I think <laughs> that, that would be a great eventuality for these playoffs. Cause I feel like, The Islanders fan base is just has this like giant rock on their shoulders. It's not even a chip. It's just this boulder and it, they, they need to be taken down a notch.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean that, that series between them and the Panthers, I think, I don't, I don't see myself watching a second of that. I really don't care who wins or maybe both, both teams just bow out by default For whatever reason. You know what'll
2: be great about watching that series though? You won't have to listen to a whole bunch of fans yell, yes, yes, yes. That is true. That is true.
1: But then again, we don't know if they're gonna pump that into the arena. (gasps) Uh, Probably (laughs) will. (laughs) Yeah, so you have to remember that. Um Ian, what are what is maybe your prediction? Either for the Bruins or for maybe one of the Eastern Conference series? Uh you know what
0: speaking of the Panthers, I've been I've been kinda high on them all year. I think that if if Sergey Borovsky can play up to kind of his name or even league average goaltending, I think that team can actually make a lot of a lot of noise. I was expecting them to be a lot better during the regular season and they've kind of gotten a second life here. I think they'll they'll definitely be the Islanders and depending on who they are matched up with in the first round, I think they could win a round or two and really surprise some people. So that's one of my uh, predictions for the Bruins. You know, I mentioned earlier that it's it's kind of lame that they have to re-earn the top seed, but um, I think out of all the first-round matchups, the only one that I'd be remotely concerned about really is the the Pittsburgh Penguins if they end up with the fourth seed. Um, I think they should – at the very least, um, you know, make it to the second round, and depending on the seeding, um, I would love to see them them match up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, as we were all kind of looking forward to when they had that game in March. That was kind of fight filled and, and pretty passionate. So, um, you know, I think best case scenario obviously is that the Bruins win. I I don't think, like Danielle was saying, at parade and all that wouldn't really matter. I think it would just Mm -hmm. kind of be uh, making good on the loss from game seven last year and kind of proving that they are the best team in the league at the moment Um, and just kind of making that official. But um, in terms of crazy predictions, yeah, like I said, I I can easily see it kind of being like what we saw after the, the lockout where we had Carolina Edmonton, like a a final that nobody expected and and see kind of something like the coyotes and the Panthers or or something stupid like that in the final. Mm. But ideally it would be a a Bruins blues repeat so that the Bruins can, can kind of vanquish that, that uh, ghost that they have hanging over them.
1: Yeah. I guess now that you said that, I guess I'm going to man up and say that I want the, Lightning, even though I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are the best matchup for them, I think that let's have let's have the Lightning play the Blue Jackets in the first round and then play you guys in the conference finals. And then whoever we play in the Stanley Cup finals, I really don't care. I mean, as long as it's not Edmonton, that, I think that's the only team that I'm really scared of or I guess maybe is the threat to just embarrass the lightning in the play in, in the finals. Other than that, I guess, you know, maybe the abs and the blues either way, but uh, Amy, what do you think about your caps? Mm-hmm. Do you think, uh, what are, what are some your, of the predictions? Well, your from- wishes
2: from, from an Eastern conference perspective, first, your wishes kind of dovetail with my very bold prediction. My very bold prediction is that only two Metro teams are going to make it out of that play in round. And they're going to be the blue jackets. And the
1: Rangers. It's not a bad prediction. I mean, the Rangers are a feisty team. Oh, I'd love team. to see the Leafs
0: lose. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Le- I I, I uh, Ian said he would love to see the Leafs the Leafs lose, but yeah, I think that the Rangers I mean, are. And
2: you know, as a Cats fan, I'd love to see the Pens lose. I'm sure the Flyers <laughs> ladies might agree. Um, I and I think, I think you know, in this time of the COVID Cup, as Danielle, so so plainly put it, anything can happen.
1: Yeah, I mean and that
2: – I don't know that the Penguins are as big and bad as we might think they are.
1: That's true. I mean, especially with this long layoff. And, I mean, granted, Crosby's still early in his 30s. And I don't think the
2: Islanders are as big and bad as ever, as, as they think they are.
1: No, they're definitely yeah. not. I think if any of these lower-seeded uh, teams that we should be looking out for, maybe it's just the – eye on them are definitely the Rangers. Um, they're scary. Uh, they have a three-headed monster in that who, you know, any one of those guys, if they're hot, could pitch a shutout that night, as well as Panarin could drop two or three goals on you in one night in a couple of minutes, Look, especially.
2: If anybody from my division is going to win a cup that's not the Capitals, I want it to be the Rangers. I want to see Lundquist win a cup.
1: Yeah, I think that's the one. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think I... <laughs>
3: he deserves to rot. At first,
1: the way she was saying that, I really thought she was gonna agree at first, but
3: I really did too. <laughs> no, no, no. He, ha- how many chances has he got? Uh, has he had to get out of that team now? With what teams in front of him, though? He's high. he's but he had to, he there they wanted to trade him to get him out of New York many times he and he said leave. no he'll well, die before he well, leaves. and that's right. fine and that's fine but that's no, his ship
4: to sink in thank you Rachel <laughs>
3: well I think uh, <laughs> I
4: think
0: and the Rangers I mean
3: time. I don't know I, I I can only look for from a Flyers point of view but the Flyers played the Rangers very very well and that's a team that I wouldn't mind the Flyers playing in the first um, if they get past in the first round because. That's a, that's a good matchup for the Flyers.
1: Now, Flyers girls, real quick. Are you kind of aiming um, maybe in avenging your Stanley Cup final loss from years ago and playing the Blackhawks in the finals this year? Would that be like a perfect scenario to end it all and, you know, hoist the cup? No. Up? No? <laughs>
4: <laughs> because that would mean that the Blackhawks got to the Stanley Cup final and nobody yeah. needs that. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah,
2: I don't think that's a distinct possibility.
1: Well, I think the league really, really wants an original six Stanley Cup finals this year. I, I think mean, that's
2: that's all well and good, and yes, TV Enjoy rainy. that blah, fake blah, marketing blah.
4: construct. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I, I could only imagine the, the promo videos they're going to do for that series of two uh, original six teams make it. Just like tons of old black and white footage. Uh, fl- and then just flashing to highlights from this year with some of the star players. I mean, it's the, it, that would just be like the NHL's dream. Out of after everything that's happened now, what is just going around? What is maybe how how important is seating for each of us? And who is the team that we really, you know, if we if we could pick instead of just play these stupid games? How who if we wanted to pick an opponent, who do, who do we want to play? And we'll end there with that tease from Adam
0: Denker of Locked On Lightning. Uh, Pick that conversation up again tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you all have a great Tuesday. And now do check out the Locked On NHL podcast, which is always entertaining as well. Uh, Thank you so much for the ongoing support. It's crazy to think that we are just a couple days away from seeing our Boston Bruins back on the ice. And fingers crossed that everything continues to go smoothly and the Bruins uh, you know, march on to their rightful claim on the Stanley Cup as the best team in hockey this season. That's it, friends. Have a great one. Take care of yourselves.